Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Our goal is a lofty one, to learn as much as we can about the prayers in the Bible, their contexts, their background, language, place in history, and literary forms. Then we want to apply that meaning to our own modern prayers. How do we go about such a task? The best way I have found is using a standard three-part method. Its goal is twofold. First, to attempt to understand a passage or chapter or book in its original context. That is, how would the writer and the first readers have understood it? Our second goal is to apply the meaning in its original context to our own situation. That is, to understand it in modern terms. Studying the Bible can sometimes get complicated because, as we noted earlier, it was not just handed down from heaven like a set of laws. It grew out of real-life situations which were recorded, preserved, and edited by Jews and Christians in later times and cultures. For example, let's look at Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. While modern believers see this as a book in the Bible with chapters and verses, the original readers did not. For them, it was an actual letter written in the style of ancient letters, though much, much longer than most, by a Christian leader to a congregation of believers who lived in the city of Corinth in Greece. Paul wrote it to a congregation that he had worked with for 18 months, who were having some arguments about their Christian practices and beliefs. It was not part of a Bible. It had no chapters or verses. We can call this context level one, the original context. A Jewish man, now a leader of a new sect of Judaism, wrote a letter to a congregation made up of Jews and Gentiles who lived in the large and cosmopolitan city of Greece. He wrote it in Greek. What would the passages have meant to them in their context? And how do we try to get inside their context? Now, I pick up my Bible and I turn to 1 Corinthians and begin reading. The book I read has been given a title, chapter, and verse divisions, and perhaps even cross-references and footnotes. I am reading an English translation from the Greek. I am a product of the United States in the early 21st century. I grew up in a particular Christian tradition, one of the many traditions that have evolved over the last 2,000 years. It doesn't seem like any letter that a modern person would write, and it doesn't read like one. For me, it's the Word of God. How will I understand those words? And how can I make sure I don't impose my experience and my context onto it? This is level two. In some passages and books, there could even be another level. This would be a passage that records a story or an event. For example, consider a story about the prophet Samuel in First or Second Samuel. While we still have level one, the original writer and readers, and level two, you and I reading it centuries later, there is another level that might not be apparent at first. It is the context and meaning of their events as they took place. After all, there was not a writer standing there recording everything that Samuel did and said. Someone wrote all that down much later. If you go back in time and watch the event happen, that would be the third level. Later, someone wrote the story down, which is a different level than what I called level one above. We could even add a fourth level for books that were edited later. This would be a lot of the books of the Old Testament when religious leaders in exile edited them. It's a lot to think about, but it can open up so much more of God's Word. Just reading the Bible with no thought or knowledge or exploration cannot lead us to a deeper understanding. 
If we do that, we are only reading at level two. George Christoph Lichtenberg, a German scientist and satirist, said it this way. A book is a mirror. If a monkey peers into it, surely an apostle can't look back out. Just reading a book as full of meaning as the Bible is, is not enough for a deep understanding. That would be merely reading ourselves into it. There are too many differences in time, culture, geography, language, and worldview. And this is true of anything that you might read outside of your context. That is why, if you want to gain a solid understanding of Homer's Odyssey, or Aristotle's Ethics, or Shakespeare's plays, you have to study them, and their context, and their literary structure, and even the language. At this point, you might say, but Dr. Mark, this is the Bible we're talking about. It is more than just ancient literature, isn't it? Is it right to use the same methods? Excellent question. And it is true that the Bible is not the same as an ancient piece of literature because it is inspired, whatever you think that word might mean. The difference lies in the meaning and in the way God worked through writers, editors, and preservers of the text. Yet it is still ancient literature. Like Shakespeare, it was written in a specific language, in a particular time, from a certain worldview. To explore those contexts is to take it seriously, even if the meaning is eternal. But another reader might pipe up and say, so we all must get degrees in ancient studies, literature, and history before we can understand the Bible? Easy for you to say. And another excellent point, and my answer is absolutely not. The Word of God is clear enough in its essential message. If you just want to read the Bible and never give a thought to its context, history, language, and literature, you can still be a faithful servant of God. It is not the understanding of the Bible that makes us faithful followers. It is our dedication to Him in His ways and living as He intends. Of course, one would still have to have some basic understanding of God as creator and sustainer, His character, the nature of sin and its consequences, God's remedies for it, the nature of who Jesus is and the meaning of the cross, and the role of the church. Think of the Apostles' Creed. If one could read it and live it without ever reading a Bible, they could be a faithful follower of God. Their faith would be missing a lot of the richness, but they would believe and live the basics. But if you are a believer who wants to go deeper in your understanding or who wants to understand what the fuss is all about, this three-part method will help. We'll apply this as we study the prayers of the Bible. The process begins by looking behind the text, that is, exploring any culture, history, language, and so on that will help us understand the original context of the prayer. Next, we explore in the text, where we examine the words themselves as literature, structure, literary devices, original language techniques like play on words or a pun, and so on. This helps us in understanding the meaning of the prayer from inside it. And finally, we go to in front of the text, which helps us to consider our own context. We do this for two reasons. First, to try and avoid imposing our culture or our context onto the Bible. And second, to find a way to apply it to a modern Christian. This is the relevant application. Putting all three of these together can give us a reasonably solid understanding of all aspects of each prayer. And so in the next sections, we'll consider each in turn. Thank you for listening. See the notes accompanying this podcast for more information. Learn more about the Praying Through the Bible Project on our website, prayingthroughthebible.com. That's T-H-R-U. If you are a subscriber, thank you. If not, please consider becoming one. Feel free to get in touch through the comments or on our website. 
Until next time, blessings on all of you.